All right, guys, welcome back to the Buck Fever podcast. You got me and Jake tonight, and it's kind of getting to be about that time of year again where things are starting to heat up in the woods. We hit that mid-October into late October here over the next couple weekends. So tonight we kind of want to talk about some of the signs that you start to see when the rut starts heating up a little bit. Um, what's something to focus in on that's you know a positive sign that means big bucks are in the area and what are some signs that bucks have passed through but maybe don't indicate very much for hunting so kind of want to go through all of that tonight and should be pretty short episode but a little bit more informative we've had like three back-to-back-to-back story episodes of successful hunts which is obviously fantastic but Um, I know a lot of you guys enjoy when we're a little bit more informational and kind of talking about what's going on. So we thought we'd get one of these in there before hopefully some more success to come. So although I I do know, buddy, you had a little bit of success this past weekend, eh? Yeah, we, uh, my dad and I snuck out and got out there on Friday, a little context for Everyone listening in Wisconsin, it rained about two inches on Friday, from Thursday night into Friday, at least where we were, and then where we hunt. I mean, just pissed the whole day long. And I kept telling everybody at work, like, I'm leaving this year, I'm going hunting. Like, You're crazy. I'm like, hey, I'm going hunting. Can't come up from the couch. And so we, uh, I got out at three. I was home. I was working close to home, so I just took my own truck there and got home at like 310, showered, everything was pretty much loaded. We were, Carrie and I hopped, hopped in the truck and we were bumming out there and it was pretty, pretty heavy rain the whole way up there. And um, Like right when we got to about 10 minutes out from where we were and it just started, like it started to mist. I was like, hmm, okay. So we, uh, <laughs> we get to the farm and we um, get to our carport, which we store four wheelers and golf cart in. And so we just, changed in there we got we were nice and dry we hopped on the golf cart drove it down to the stand parked it in the field there's deer out in the field already when we were driving out there and they kind of just bound it back in so we get to our enclosed four by eight stand and uh i mean a little wet from the ride but really quite dry compared to what it would have been if we had to walk so we get in there and yeah, we're kind of messing around i'm trying to kill all these bees that are like half asleep half dead <laughs> And he's like, it was like 10, 15 minutes. He's like, deer's right in front of us, like 40 yards away. So we're kind of getting ready, and I'm watching, because he was going to shoot, so I was filming. And the doe comes out at like 35 yards, and which is a little far for Dad. And he's like, eh, we'll just wait. I'm like, it's early. It's only like 520. You know, we got an hour and a half left. Well, about an hour and 10 minutes. And, um... So then her nubby comes out later. I don't know if it's her, if it was her nubby. I'm not convinced, but he was almost as big as her, like if not bigger. His nubs were like coming through his head. They weren't spikes. They were just rounded off little nubs. Hmm. Like it looked like he had a quarter sized acorns on his head. It was the coolest thing ever. So um, they kind of were out in front of us and milled around for a while. All of a sudden she starts coming back and making her way to us and, so dad's ready and then we switch window we switch left to right because it looks like she was going to go the other way and he had a better shot where i was standing and um 
sore going and all of a sudden she goes back the other way like kind of quick so he's like here you just shoot her and i give him the camera and he gives me my bow and sure enough and she 16 yards broadside ran about 60 70 yards and piled up and we didn't wait long because it was raining starting to rain again and good thing we didn't because that blood was hard to find i mean i didn't really look too hard i just went to where i last saw her and she was like, like 20 yards from there but i'm like you know you, you shoot a you shoot a deer and you don't know how well it's hit or like in my case we watched her footage and i was like oh, i'm pretty sure she's crushed i mean you, you you almost can't wait that long in the rain which is a little lesson to be had like you know obviously you want to make a great shot at all times but if it's raining don't take those questionable shots where you don't know if you're gonna if you're gonna kill right immediately so that was kind of a lot like because i never shot one in the rain but that blood was like she was bleeding good you know i shoot the rage it rips her open but like it hit the it hit the ground and just kind of like dissolved into the rain that was already there and the grass was soaked so but we uh we got in got out we were back to the truck gotten her before it was even closed and that was the goal we didn't really want to um spook anything or you know go trouncing around because we, we've got a few running around that are decent so well that's not worked a bad good. night yeah no it worked out good um we were back to the cabin at 7 30 went and did a little shopping and good to go had some cocktails the rest of the night and it was a good night <laughs> nice well in terms of you know the the time of year now and getting into the the pre-rut here um what are some of those things that you're looking for that are going to start popping up some of those signs that kind of let you know that things are starting to get hot well right now the most prominent is your 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 scrapes i mean i've got you know we got some buddies my uncle one of them across the road he's got buddies that hunt and i mean we all share our intel and uh, my uncle doesn't have any scrapes across the road he said they're blowing up everywhere they watched them make scrapes this weekend and our property nothing but, you know, fast forward, rewind two weeks ago, our property was just littered with scrapes, which is very unusual. I'm not sure why they were doing it, to be honest, if they were what the deal was. But uh, your first sign is probably going to be scrapes. And then, you know, they're not going to start running before they start making scrapes. And once that does happen, you know, it gets into that when they start chasing. You're probably going to see your littler ones running around first, your little bucks chasing because they, they don't really know what's going on. But. Um, like I think on camera this morning we had a little guy running through our food plot, you know, not running to run, but running to chase type thing. So it's close. I mean, it's definitely getting closer with this weather, um, you know, getting down into the thirties and forties at night should get them, get them going to be honest. I mean, uh, but mostly your screens is what I would say, which we haven't had. I don't know why they disappeared. It is a little early us though and usually we're looking at you know end of october 10 days before halloween which is you know four days away so i'm hoping this weekend they'll start ramping up and then by that halloween weekend will be pretty close to full full force right i would agree scrapes are pretty much the the number one thing to look at but i feel like everybody says that and then they'll turn around and say well you know, you, you can't really hunt over scrapes because you, you don't know that they're going to come back. It's not, It doesn't really mean that they're going to come back to that, so it's not necessarily what you should hunt over. And yet, you know, we set up mock scrapes specifically at our stand sites that 
will hunt over pretty religiously. So I'm curious what your take is on that, you know, because obviously there's two trains of thought there. I would totally disagree with that. Um, You know, I've never, um, I'm not bragging at any means by this, but I've shot um, four out of the five bucks with my bow have been opening weekend or the weekend, the second weekend. So it's not like I've had a ton of opportunity to really um, bow hunt during the rut where I get to do my own things. I'm kind of taking along now, but I, uh, I really do agree that I think you should just cause you don't know if the same buck's going to hit it. Whoop, you do. Um, if it's the rut, anything can happen. Those bucks are going to be traveling through. And I don't think that they'll only hit it once. I think if you put a scrape out there, they will, they'll come back cause they're going to check it. They're going to see who else is, running around on their land you know if you got a big boy that's running the farm he's gonna he's gonna hit everyone he doesn't want any other buddy um around their competition so you know i don't don't think it's a horrible i wouldn't put all your time and money into it you know like i wouldn't set up there every single night on the same stand i would give it some you know get into some bedding areas or some timber where they're gonna run but i do agree that sitting over a scrape is not a bad thing especially if they're hot like if you got cameras out that are on scrapes and they're hitting them, I would for sure sit over one. Yeah. And like you said, with, you know, some of those neighbors and whatever, where there's scrapes all over the place in one spot and then next door, there's nothing really happening. You know, if I was going out to a public spot and I had this 10 acre chunk of woods that was just littered with scrapes. And then I heard somebody on the internet say, well, they don't come back, so you shouldn't hunt there. And then I walked across the street to the next 10 acres where there's not a single scrape. I can't imagine why in the world I would ever sit in the place that doesn't have any sign of buck activity over a place that is littered with buck activity. It just doesn't make any sense to me. I would totally hunt the scrapes. Now, like you said, it doesn't mean they're necessarily going to you know, the same big buck is going to come back to the same scrape. But if it's an area where there are a lot of scrapes, that's just a sign of a lot of buck activity in the area. So to set up on a tree, that's going to give you the right opportunity with the right wind, you know, over maybe a hot trail where you think there's a line of scrapes and there's a good chance they might come through. Like that to me is about as prime as it gets. Right. And that's the other thing. I mean, you don't, I'm not saying you have to set up on a scrape, but if you can set up where you can see one, you know, 50, 60 yards away, that puts you in a way better position to, to get one to come closer. You know, you throw a grunt at them, get some rattling going. I mean, if you just, you, you got to put yourself where the deer are in the rut, in my opinion, you know, honestly, during the rut, I kind of throw away the, um, you know, the feeding and the bedding and their routines. Cause you, you should, cause it's the rut. Nothing, nothing matters. Yeah. They are, I mean, they're running around, they're doing whatever. So even to just... some extent, well, I'll, I'll see how you feel about this. In my opinion, I think when the rut is really in full swing, you can almost kind of forego the whole wind direction thing a little bit where it's less important to be hunting the right wind and more important to be hunting the right location. Would you kind of agree with that? I was I was gonna continue on and say that yeah that yeah, I mean I wouldn't do it every time <laughs> like right you know say say you get uh what are, what's the most prominent wind in November north northwest yep pretty much I mean yep. you're not getting a lot of south 
see uh, you got a ton of deer that are coming in this area, and you know you can go in there and see deer and get a chance. Oh, go ahead. You know, right. what are you gonna do? It's but, the rut. I mean that 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 deer is not scent checking. He's no. only gonna he's only gonna wind you if you you really mess up and you spook him or whatever the, the case is. You know what I mean? Like unless you get his attention, he's not gonna know you're there. No. And we've got a stand, like, at our water hole where my dad shot his buck. It, that was obviously out of the gun stand, but we've got a tree stand there as well. They're kind of coming from, like, the really more so west, but a little bit northwest, if anything. So I like a, a north wind or a northeast wind, but I get a little bit nervous sitting there on a northwest wind because if it trends a little bit more west than north, that could possibly be, you know, kind of leading down that direction, but when the rut is in full swing that I don't want a straight West wind, but like if it's not perfect, if it's not that perfect Northeast wind, as long as it's close, I still feel pretty confident hunting there. Right. Which you should, because like even this weekend, um, I don't, you weren't out, were you? No. They were saying, like, Saturday was supposed to be, like, you know, like, 15-mile-an-hour northeast winds. So we get down there. We set up in a stand, which is good for a northeast wind. It's, like, it's like calm, like, two miles an hour, and it, and it just swirled the whole night. So it's, like, realistically, sometimes you can't even trust it. Even Sunday night was supposed to be really windy, and it wasn't that windy. So it's, like, you know, they're, they're calling for one wind, and you get out there, and it completely switches. What do you get? Some days you can't do anything about it, so especially during the rut, there's, I don't know, I don't worry about that too much. I tell that to my dad, like, the last couple of years, I'm like, okay, screw the wind, let's get in there. You right, yeah. We got to get aggressive. We got to make something happen. So then, the probably the more exciting buck sign that happens around this year is rubs, which is when they're, you know, scraping up trees, mostly smaller to medium trees with their antlers, which is... I think more visible than scrapes. It's easier to see and it's kind of more exciting, but um, I want to get your take on those because I think a lot of people would probably say that rubs are less reliable than scrapes in terms of a deer coming back. Yeah. I mean, I'd probably agree with that. One, it's really, it's pretty hard to tell how fresh an actual scrape is, you know, like they, at least by me, they tend to scrape on like, I want to say it's like cedars, like little cedars. Yep. That's, yeah, they love those. Yeah. And, you know, they'll do their occasional pine or small oak, but it's mostly cedars. Yeah. And that's a softer wood. So, um, you know, if they did that, which, you know, I have occasional ones around that I'm like, well, that's that's pretty fresh. I mean, you can kind of tell, like, and they just mess around, or I don't know if it feels good that they do it or what. But, you know, if I had one in September and I have one in November, they're going to look the same. They're not, it's not like you wait a year and it's the, it's dried up and it's not very vibrant orangey anymore. Right. If I have one in September and early November, it's, it looks the exact same to me. So it's hard to tell really what that, what, how, how long ago that was made or what what they're going to hit that on or whatever. Yeah, I agree for sure. Um, and I think, like, if you had this cedar that was just completely tore up and maybe there's some saplings around it, 
you know, that are also kind of tore up to where you're looking at it like, oh man, th- whichever buck hit this must have been pretty wide because he's hitting these saplings that are, you know, 10 inches off in each direction. He's got to be, you know, 20 inches wide or whatever. You know, if you had the biggest scrape or biggest rub, I should say, in the woods and you want to put a trail camera on it, there's a good chance you're probably not going to get a picture of that same buck coming back and hitting that rub again. But almost along the same lines as the scrapes, like, let me ask you this. If there was a 10-acre chunk that was riddled with rubs and a 10-acre chunk that hardly had any on it, which one would you hunt on? I mean, yeah, I'm still going to hunt that 10-acre chunk that's littered with them. Right. But you're, you're going to hunt where the buck sign is, and I think that's kind of, you know, the, the philosophy that we share here where people on the Internet sort of poo-poo the idea of hunting where rubs are at or even to some extent scrapes or scrape lines or scrapes on a field edge or whatever. And to some extent, like, that makes sense, but I think especially whether it's private land or public land, but especially if it's public land, like my advice would be go find where all of that sign is and then hunt it, like figure out how you can get the best access, try to play the wind as much as you can. But if it's not perfect, like just get in there and hunt where the buck sign is, because maybe it's not going to be the same buck coming through, or maybe the same buck will be in the area, but just not hitting the same trees but like you want to be where the sign is early season. There's just less of it. There's less scrapes. There's less rubs. It's harder to tell where the bucks are, but during this time of year, they make themselves very, very visible. So I I think personally, I think it's kind of stupid to not be hunting where all of the sign is. Right. And I would agree with that. Like, you know, I see like what you say is your 10 acres plot of, tons of signs i see that down in like our marsh where you know you got um tons of little trees that aren't very big almost saplings and um like that's where i see them just shredded like any tree they can get on is just annihilated and that's you know that's where i got a plan this year with my dad that we're gonna we're gonna canoe in along the river and hunt right on the edge of the river and it's just a big open marsh area because like that's where those deer are like i just see them in like a a rutting like a good day where the rut is just full bore like you will see tons of deer that are just running around on there you know like actually running so i mean i don't see that a ton of like in hardwoods where like you know you got scrapes on every tree you look i'm sure it's around there but um it's definitely in that marshy area. I know where that's where I'm, uh, that's where I'm going to hone in this year. At least once I'm going to try it with my dad and he's kind of on board. So I'm pretty excited. Yeah. And I know you said like you can kind of go away from the food and bedding a little bit at this time also. But I mean, when it is the actual rut rut, doe bedding areas are not a bad place to be because bucks are definitely going to cruise through there to, try and look for those does um and food plots also it's not maybe the best spot to be but certain tactics like if you have a decoy a lot of times bucks might or or like an open cut cornfield bucks will pop out into a cut cornfield and 
you know, visually just scan to see if there's any does around. And if you have a doe decoy out there, that can be super effective. Like the couple of years ago when Gabby was on a buck, you know, in her backyard that was kind of cruising around doing his thing. And I, I think if we would have thrown a decoy out there, he would have been on it in a heartbeat because there was other does out there that like he just popped his head out, saw them and he was on a beeline for them. So I think when it gets to this time of year, there's almost no bad place to be in a certain sense. Like you just want to be out in the woods because they're just moving so much right now. There's going to be action, but I think there's certain tactics you can use for some of those other locations. But one thing maybe more important than either of those spots, um, how do you feel about hunting over water this time of year? Well, that's what I was just going to say, you know, I shouldn't have said like throw the throw the food and bedding out, but um, yeah, they're gonna hit that. But for sure, water. I those deer are running like crazy. They're thirsty. They got a drink. So, I mean, if you can keep your waters full and that it's not frozen over, it is a it's a heck of a spot to be. And you know, like me, I like put my waters right on my food holes, my food plots. I know it's not what some people would do, but I do it, and it's killer. Yeah, I mean, you see on trail cameras this time of year, bucks will be cruising through, mouth wide open because they're breathing heavy. They're running all over the place. They're panting pretty much. Mm-hmm. Like, just they're going to have to hit water sooner or later. And if you have private land and you find these places where there's a big scrape line or there's all these rubs, there's all this buck activity. Now, if you take note of that, and then in the spring you come back and you dig a water hole in there, that you know you you dig a water hole in, you set up a mock scrape, and then you have a tree stand that's perfect for a northwest wind that's like twenty five yards away from the scrape and twenty five yards away from the water hole, and it's in that area where buck activity already picks up during this time of year. Like you're golden. There's nowhere I'd rather be. Right, for sure. I, t- I totally agree with that. I mean, and you, you said it best. You just got to be out there. And I, I preach that. I mean, that is, I love that. I Everyone's always like, oh, it's too hot. It's I go out there, I shot a buck. Oh, it's too rainy. I go out there, I shoot a go. Like, you, you just got to be out there. You never know. The cameras, yeah, they help a little bit. But they don't They don't write the whole story. They're only, they're only taking a picture of a little chunk of land, you know? Right. And those deer still have to live somewhere. Right. They don't They're go underground when it's 80 completely. degrees. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm a big, I'm a firm believer of that. Like, you know, I don't care what the weather is. I'm going to hunt. Yeah. You know, I mean, unless it's hundred mile an hour winds where it's physically like unsafe to be out there. I'll right. be out there. Yeah. It was 85 degrees when my dad shot his buck and you know where that buck was right. going. He was going to a water hole cause he was hot and he wanted water. Like there's still exactly. ways you can hunt them no matter what the conditions are. But when it's the this time of year, you get into that pre-rut. I almost like the pre-rut better than the rut in some ways. I guess I'd like to hear your take on that too. But I feel like when it's the actual true rut, they're locked down so much on the does that they're just so hard. Like, I don't know. I feel like they're so hard to predict. They're so hard to control and maneuver. They're just like all over the place. Sometimes that helps them to slip up, but you could see a deer 50 yards away and you could try to grunt at him potentially like depending upon the situation with does and other bucks like 
sometimes the pre-rut or the rut is so intense that it almost leads to somewhat of a disadvantage where the pre-rut I feel like is that perfect sweet spot where they're super amped up and much more likely to make a mistake, but they're also not completely distracted yet where they almost start to go the other direction. I feel like the pre-rut, like, like you said, two, three, four days from now until Halloween is like perfect. I think. I mean, yeah, I would agree. Um, you know, we're young. We haven't really been able to experience tons of different scenarios. And with us being in high school, it's not like we could go out and hunt during week. We only hunted weekends, and that was, you know, hit or miss. Right. Where now it's we kind of have the luxury of going whenever we can if we want type of thing. So, you know, I'd still think I think I haven't experienced enough rut or pre-rut yet to really determine. But I would agree with that. Um, that the, the pre-rut could be, I mean, that's killer. Like, you can get one that's slipping up. He doesn't know what's going on. I mean, he's not locked down on a dough. He's just kind of cruising. You get out there before you start putting a ton of pressure on him. I know because for us during the rut, we'll be up there, you know, seven days straight of three guys going out. Like, you know, there's bound to determine you're going to get sent up there. You're going to spook deer. Yeah, it's the rut. They might get a little, they might just kind of forget about it, but eventually they'll get, they're gonna they're gonna get smart eventually. Right. So if you can get in there and kill them, I think it's a great time. And I feel like and that like, that pre rut is when the does aren't ready yet, but the bucks are. And then when the rut happens, the does are also ready. And I feel like you guys have experienced it just about as bad as anybody. That sometimes those does, especially if there's too many of them, that doesn't really give you much of a rut. Right. And that was my next point of saying, you know, like the rut for us has sucked the last few years just because we have way too many does and they don't have to work hard at all to find it, find it. So, yeah, I hear you. I mean, I, I kind of, I grunted that one in last year and other than that, that was about it for shooter bucks that we could have shot. I think, you know, it's just, just how it goes. And we're still trying to figure it. Cause it's always, when do we, when do we take off? When should we take off? There's never really a great answer. Because it could happen, the full rut could be on from a week from now, but it could be three weeks from now. You never know. Right. You don't know until it's, like, happening. It's very short notice. Pretty much, yeah. So how much do you do, like, any rattling sequences or grunting Uh, or whatever? I've been getting way more aggressive lately. Um, I I like taking my rattling horns and tying them to my bow rope and dropping them down out of the tree. Yep. And then, like, you know, bouncing them off the ground and rattling so it actually sounds more realistic. Yep. Um, I've been doing more grunting in certain situations, too, and that's how I got that one to come in last year. So I think it definitely helps. You know, I, I love being aggressive. You know me. I like I like pushing the limits, doing a lot of things that people say you shouldn't do. But I yeah, I mean, the more annoying, the better, to be honest. Yeah, Colby rattled in that buck last year blindly. That right. he, he shot with a bow during this time of year. I don't remember specifically which day it was, but I would say I it, was it was within like the next week. or 31st. It could have been. Yeah, it could have been. It's the 29th, maybe? I don't know. One yeah, of those it was days. somewhere in there, like this <laughs> end of October time, where right. it was probably still pre-rut, maybe getting into rut. But, yeah, that and that's – I know he would say this for sure, that real antlers are – the way to go would you kind of echo yeah. that yeah 
Um, I, it's kind of weird. I hate taking my sheds out. I, I hate using them for rattling horns, but yep. I, it definitely sounds better than, you know, the, the, the buck rack or whatever the hell they're called. Right. Yeah. I think, I think they can probably tell probably, I mean, people have obviously rattled them in with things that are not real antlers. Like that's happened thousands of times before, but I, if you can, I would say real antlers are probably the best way to go. But yeah, like they, you, they just got a better crack to them when you yeah, hit them. Yeah, and you kind of touched on it a little bit, like just the the commotion a little. Like they're curious this time of year, so I feel like noise and you know rustling leaves and those antlers knocking together. Like I, I think now more than ever at any point throughout the season some of those things might that that maybe would scare them away in september actually would bring them over your direction in late october early november because they're like oh is that that another buck right yeah i mean that's that's the whole point of the run you know they're they're basically fighting to see who's the better man type of thing so yeah i mean ben and i walked into the stand together last year either late October or early November, and we got charged by a buck. Because, yeah, yeah, like up to within 10 yards easy, as we were walking in, he just ran like right at us and then got close enough to where we must have made some sort of noise at him and he peeled off. But like we got charged because we're just walking along and he was so curious. He's like, I'm going to go figure out what this is. I mean that's that's our whole point of why we don't walk in till daybreak, right? Because they get we curious can. and they'll follow you. Yeah, and that way you're ready to go. You have a, you can knock an arrow and shoot one. Yeah. You too, and it's just it's just easier. I mean, you can you can see them then too. Right? I mean, who's saying you can't shoot them from the ground? Then you know. Yeah. Just that's just what we've. That's all I know, really. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'll be pushing it now this year of not. Not getting in there a half hour before daylight, I can tell you that. I'm going to be pushing it right at that daybreak time. Right. So before we got going here, you said you had something something to share, but you were going to wait. Did we cover that already? Or uh, That was more so about the scrapes, you know, seeing how they were hot like two weeks ago and how oh, they're just dead. Sure. But I mean, I don't know it is one of those social things. Like we put those mock scrapes up and they hit them year round. Does, fawns, bucks, they, mm-hmm. they hit them year round. So it is sort of a social aspect, but that, that is a and little even, bit weird. Even man-made one or even deer made ones that they were making along fields and now they're kind of, but I think they were just hitting them early. And you know, another big thing is we have so much food bias. They took the beans off already. There's beans all over the field. The acorns are just in abundance still. I mean, they're, there's just so much food that like the deer don't have to go anywhere. No, they don't have to move. They don't have to work at all. So that was so going to be my uh, question though. Were, were you seeing all these scrapes when the beans were still up and now they're down and the scrapes have subsided there Were the scrapes like mostly oh, along yeah. field edges? Right. Yeah. I would, I would say that they were, I mean, they were along field edges where there was a bunch of acorn trees and beans, you know? So, um, I don't really know how much that plays into it, but, yeah, that's definitely more where they were. Um, 
and now that it's off, you know, our cameras have been a little slow. There's like last week, I'd say they're the slowest they've been all year, but now they're starting to pick back up again. And the weather's helping. I mean, I'm getting pictures of six, seven does in one, one camera laying down, you know, bedded down right yep. by the water. <laughs> so, I mean, no, they're, they're starting to move again. We had a couple bucks moving last night early. We had some a foggy morning. That was a little frosty. So they were definitely up and moving this morning. So I think it's just, you know, I'm not a firm believer in the October low, but I think it's definitely a thing where they kind of, you know, shut down for a little bit before it really just ramps up. Yeah, and I think maybe more than anything, it's it's a shift too because that, that is one of the main criticisms of hunting over scrapes or not, maybe paying a ton of attention to those scrapes is scrapes that are along a field edge. A lot of times people will say those don't really mean much. And I could see that being the case, you know, for you guys where a lot of your access is along a field edge. So you're going to see like every single one of those and they might hit them where there's a bunch of acorns. So they're out there all night long or they're in the beans all night long. And then they hit those like going to and from the field, you know, at dark but I wonder now if most of your scrapes are just transitioning, you know, deeper into the woods. They're more in the bedding areas and wherever else. And, you know, maybe they're just not hitting those in the field as much because they're not out there as much now that the beans are down. Right. For sure. I mean, that's, that's a great way to look at it. You know, there, it's just, <laughs> I don't know. There's so many different things that can make or break. So, yeah, I think the one thing, that you know you could get out of this episode is that the the sign is going to be out there bucks are going to be putting their sign down and i think the best thing you can do is just go find where it is and hunt it yeah i would agree i'd say even just hunting in general you know right just yeah just get out there you can't kill them from the couch you love to say that you love it so much we made a shirt that says that and Right. It's true, man. And, you know, I I can preach it. I hunt almost every weekend I can, so. Yeah, not too many weekends off this time of year. And I've been pretty fairly successful with it, so. Yeah, and it's like we said, like, it's just doing the right things and hunting in the right areas at the right time. You're not blowing out your best stands in September. You're probably hunting more along those field edges and whatever, but... You know, there's a way that you can hunt without ruining things basically the whole year. Yeah. Like, you can ruin things really, really fast if you're not hunting the way that you should be. But if you really pay attention to certain techniques and you play the wind and you understand where you should be hunting early season versus, like, this time of year, you can hunt pretty much every weekend and not really blow things out too bad. Oh, I, yeah, I totally agree. Well, I know uh, you're tagged out on your buck now. Um, it sounds like Terry is still open for business, although probably not this weekend, but um, there's still still a couple tags to be filled with the Buck Fever crew, so hopefully we can put something on the ground over the next couple weekends and then it's going to be Minnesota trip pretty quick. Yep. I'm, I'm pretty excited. Hopefully we can knock down a few more before the trip. I mean, that'd be awesome. And even if not, we still got plenty of time when we get back to 
back to Wisconsin. So, yeah, absolutely. I know I'm looking forward to it, and I'm looking forward to being out this weekend. Hopefully, things are going to ramp up, and this is going to be some of the most exciting hunting weekends of the entire year. So, I'm really looking forward to it, and I think anybody who still has a tag to fill should get out in the woods, find the buck sign, get out there, and just hunt because this is definitely the best time to be doing that. So, um, yeah, like we said, we we've had a lot of success so far this year. We've got, you know, three new videos out um, since the season opened of bucks getting shot, whether it was Jake's buck, my dad's buck, um, Ty's buck from the youth hunt, and then a couple does also in that video. So the content's out there. If you haven't seen it, you should definitely check it out. And we're going to have Jake's doe coming out at some point and hopefully more bucks on the way. So lots of content out for you guys, and we appreciate each of you who takes the time to watch it, to listen to it. Um, and so if you're listening now, thank you. Um, we really appreciate it. If you'd hit that like button, maybe leave us a comment and make sure you're subscribed to the channel. That's the number one thing that helps us out. Um, and like we said, we can't thank you enough. So thank you guys for tuning in and we'll see you guys next time.